Hey there, welcome to another Tesla Motors Club podcast. My name is Lewis. I'm Doug. And I'm Mike. On today's episode, we'll talk about the new V4 superchargers. Tesla is now offering PPF wraps. There's some interesting pricing stuff going on with uh, Model 3 and Model Y leases, and Tesla officially launches an API. All that and more, episode 52 starts now. Hello, gentlemen. How are we today? Hello. It's a good day. It's a good day. Yep. It's 80 uh, and sunny. There Excellent. was a solar eclipse yesterday, and but it was yes. really rainy and overcast. You should have been almost in the line of totality. I, or... It was very good here where I, I'm at. I got 73%, and I watched all of it. <laughs> so in Austin, did you have a full? It was not a total, but it was it was really good. I don't remember what the percentage was, but it was a high percentage. NASA had a live feed from Albuquerque and then also oh, nice. in West Texas, they had some feeds. Next year, the next one, I will have a, a full eclipse here in Austin. So Yeah, that's pretty cool. It was just rainy and overcast here, so I didn't get to check it out. So Yeah. I have a cool graph on my Tesla solar panels. Oh, real, look at the power notch. generation. Yeah. <laughs> if you look, this is going to be a terrible image, but there's a huge oh, dip. Yeah, and that dip that. is this. That's the eclipse. All right. Because <laughs> there were no clouds in the sky. It's interesting so. that you can basically extrapolate what the envelope would have been. Uh, right. And, but you see this notch taken out. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So it was pretty cool. It was exciting to see that as a space nerd. Speaking of, there's lots of exciting things. I have to say, I'm, we haven't talked about this yet, but I just, I want to give a little preview for our viewers to know about what's coming up. Our next Tesla Motor Club podcast, the very next one, TMC podcast will likely feature Dan O'Dowd. So the CEO of, I think it's Green Hills software or something like that. No famous critic of Elon, who's taken out all the anti-FSD ads and been on the news a lot. He will be on the show to talk to us. So this, if you, this will be fun. If you have any questions or thoughts or things you'd like us to ask him or points yeah. to bring up, feel free to post them on uh, TMC on the threads. And uh, anyway, we'll see you on the next show. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I just say that he or his team or whatever reached out to us. We didn't go seeking him Correct. out. So. Take that as you will, and we'll see what he has to say. But certainly, he has his own point of view, and uh, and we'll we'll try to give him a fair shake. But also, we'll try to be balanced about it. Indeed. So that'll be yeah. fun and exciting. So, any other new things with you guys before we jump into these topics? Uh, hey, Doug, you mentioned something cool about a marketplace item. <laughs> yeah, it's not a big deal, but we do have a, a marketplace on on TMC now, and I, I recently bought this little item. And I don't know if you can like really. Can tell, you like, change your camera? So yeah, there is. Like what the heck is this thing? So what it is, uh, if you guys have like a Model Three, at least the early Model Threes have essentially a design flaw where uh, the air conditioning starts to stink pretty bad, pretty easily. <laughs> Leaf debris and stuff gets down there, and so pretty much every year, uh, you have to change your filters, and then part it, you pull your filters out which is a little bit of a pain in the butt because you kind of get underneath the, uh, the passenger side dash to get to it. And you pull the filters out and then it suggests you use this condenser cleaner fluid. Uh, most people use this stuff called Cool It, which sort of foams up and it has some sort of chemicals that, that probably enzymes that break down uh, organic material that might be stuck in there. And that part is always a pain in the butt because uh, it foams and it just sort of goes everywhere. And you're just trying to get it on the on the fins of this, of this metal grid. And, but it just goes everywhere. It's hard to direct it. And some guy, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's on the marketplace made a little device that's basically 3d printed and it has a bunch of little output points here and one input spot that you take the cool it and you stick it in here and it just makes the foam go where you want. It's basically the size of the filter and you mm. just stick it in. And so it goes right where you want it instead of just going everywhere. So I've yet to actually try it, but it seems to me like a great idea and it's something you 3D print and he, I don't know how much it costs him in filament, but you know, he's charging 20 bucks for it or whatever. And it seems worth it to me. So I'll, I'll give it a try and nice. let you guys know how it works. That out. was on the TMC marketplace on the yeah. site. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think he just sells it on his Etsy or whatever, but that's where I found it. Gotcha. On the marketplace. So. Sweet. Oh, I, cool. I have not experienced having to clean those filters, but I've heard horror stories of people trying to 
Well, well, yeah, the Model S has a different, it's different, yeah, right? Like yeah. under the hood and... The three's very different. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, I, I think it's essentially a design flaw where people are like, what's that funky smell? And there are a lot of sort of temporary fixes where you turn the oh, sheet on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not you this time, not this time. Though. So, no, not, not so one, of, one of the problems on the three, I don't know about the S, but on the three, you've got two filters stacked on top of one another and people tend to have the AC on all the time. But sure. there's a drain tube that leads to the bottom of the car, and that drain tube will clog. So mm. now you get this condensation pooling in the bottom of the, um, uh, I don't know you call it, the container. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it will clog because it's easy for leaves and, and debris. debris to get down there. Um, and I've tried some other things. There's some other sort of third-party device you can get. The inlet is uh, just under the hood. And it, they're like some fins that are pretty big. There's a filter you can buy to put there. And I've tried it. I don't recommend it uh, because that filter will get wet. And then basically the air intake isn't really working well. And I had tried it. And um, you can tell it like, whatever that motor is like trying really hard to suck through <laughs> like the wet filter. And I pulled out that filter. All of a sudden, all this air is coming. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, that was a problem. Gotcha. There's another thing I got. You can find these things on Amazon. There's a, like a little plastic grid that you can put on there. And that lets most of the air through, but then stops the big leaves and stuff. Stops so birds, rocks, that. pebbles. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if the newer, I haven't seen under the hood of the newer threes. I was hoping they, they did something to fix that. They did oh. do a software thing. I had heard and, about some years ago where they keep the fan running. I would suggest to anybody who is a do-it-yourselfer and wanting to do this or just change out the filters, the on the three, this, there is a tiny screw at the top of the cover that, that you have to remove to get the filters out. Mm -hmm. And it's a bit of a pain. You have to be somewhat of a contortionist, lay on your back and bend and it, yourself in a knot angle. Screw too. It is. It is. It's not even a plain Phillips. But mm -hmm. there's another gentleman that 3d prints these little orange covers that you put the screw back in and now he's got a, a high-powered magnet on this cover and it's now held in place by a magnet so it makes the whole effort a whole lot easier yeah um, it's still so, a pain but not as yeah. much of a pain <laughs> i saw that that's a pretty good idea so it's just the cover is magnetic I, yep. what i ended up doing instead was uh, another guy <laughs> on ebay for two two or three dollars sells the 3d printed screw but the thumb screw Oh, so nice. instead of using that torque screw, it's just got a, a big a sort fly of head nice, on it or something. Nice yeah. knurled nut kind of head on it that you can just, and it, to me, that made a little more sense. It's much cheaper and it's using more of the original parts. And uh, yeah, you just have this little thumb screw. I, I like the screaming orange cover. Yeah, that makes it easy to find <laughs> uh, next time you have to do it. It's a little dark under there. It's a little dark <laughs> in there. And, and I always have to recalibrate where it is. Anyway, it's something you don't want to be paying Tesla to do for you. It's, it's oh. easy oh. enough. I'm glad you said that because here's my PSA for the day. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. So if you order your filters from Tesla, and I should Taking say if you order your filter from Tesla, it's $17. What they don't tell you in the catalog, you need two Buy of two. them. <laughs> <laughs> Buy two. I, I know a lot of people that have ordered their filters through the Tesla you know, accessory catalog and they get one and they realize they need two. Oops. Yeah. Again, all these things are, <laughs> you can get that. The like some reasonable filters on Amazon. I, I, um, I buy it off Amazon. It's, yeah. yeah, it's cheap and easy. So the only reason I'd get it from Tesla is if you have some referral credits for those or something, and, and then <laughs> for your factory tour. Uh, <laughs> they took that away. That's not on there oh, right now. Oh. I, I, did we shame them? <laughs> they, they, I think we did. We did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt it. They don't listen to us. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't pay attention to us, but. We did shame them. They just didn't receive any shame from us. Doing right, it. right. So, just uh, ricocheted um, off Teflon yeah. suit. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Right. So that was a, honestly, that was a fun geek out session on doing some maintenance on your Model 3. Wasn't even part of the, the planned <laughs> content. This is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do. We're just doing That's it live. problem with this show. That's why it takes so yeah. long. Yeah, we just go off on things. So... V4 superchargers. Tell me about these. What do we got going on? Is I'm, this, I'm is obviously this where the, the supercharger. Starts? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the supercharger virgin. I've never used the supercharger. I know the V3 superchargers where we started first seeing that magic dock. What's special about these V4 superchargers? Mike? Longer what, what cord. 
They have a longer, longer cord. cord. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It still has a magic dock, but it has a significantly longer cord to it. So you can pull in and you can actually have the cord reach your car without having to drive over the supercharger or park behind it or take up double spots or whatever we've seen the pictures of people doing with their non-Tesla. This is primarily targeting the non-Tesla crowd that are oh, going yeah. to be able to use. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's aimed square for that crowd. It's also got the terminal. You can see on the picture that we have on the screen, it has a pay terminal now, which quite frankly, I've got mixed feelings about. I understand why they did it, but I just think it's a failure point that's going to be a problem. <laughs> well, we'll see. I think that one of the main things is that the experience with the Magic Dock is supposed to be better. And then also it has this, looks like a, like a tap to pay terminal. And it's in a, to me, it's in a kind of an odd spot. What we're seeing in the pictures are yet to be installed units. Right. Um, but it looks like that's in part, the arch. <laughs> yeah, so the version four, they kind of look like the, what they call the urban superchargers, as opposed to the, the cables being inside of a mostly empty thing. Like it's, a U. it's around on the outside, but still the terminal and the little screen for it is underneath where the. The plug goes, so yeah. you kind of have to but, unlock it before uh, uh, you use it. Yeah, maybe. Hard to say. I have to say where they've got the adapter snugged up there at the top is kind of clean. It's not open to the elements. It's not hanging out in space. Yeah, and that's and that's what they it's were totally that's enclosed. What had, that's what they had with the version three, also. But I'm interested. What's the process? Because you would think if I'm coming up to use this thing uh, now as a Tesla user, we just unplug it and plug it in. Right. But if you're trying to make sure that you have your payment, right, is it going to, it shouldn't unlock the magic dock until you've set up your payment. Right. You would think, but you, you got to get I, past the cable I've to seen get it to work it. So I don't both know ways in the CCS world. I've seen it work both ways where you have to pay first, then it unlocks. And EA says plug in first, then pay. So, mm -hmm. well, I'm just wondering how it knows to release the magic dock then. Yeah. Uh, the charge point model is you tap and then it, and this is just for level two, that you tap and then it releases the J plug for you to then plug in. So it's interesting. The version three superchargers supposedly max at 250 kilowatts, but they're saying these new V4s will go up officially to 350 kilowatts, but the rumor is they can go actually higher, about 600 kilowatts if they actually choose to use it, which makes it interesting that, for some of the bigger vehicles like the Rivians, for example, or the Porsches. Makes sense to like future-proof it that way at least, right? But I can't imagine they're changing the voltage though. I was under the impression that some of the other EVs use a higher voltage to shorten up the timing for the charge. Well, as long as it communicates, I'm sure they can ramp the voltage. It's just that the, the current vehicles don't, the current Teslas don't, support it but my, my model know. three piddles longer than 150 kilowatts yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'll really come down to what is the what are the insulation capabilities of the conductors that they're using right that's really gonna boil down to what they're oh, and I'm, I'm sure they're already rated for yeah. that you normally have a bit of an overhead anyway and uh, right well, yeah, you normally only rate 80 percent, but even that they'll probably am, yeah they probably am, support higher i am waiting on pins and needles to see our first v4 supercharger around here v4. that i can actually go and try and touch and feel but when voltage, you do you'll have to give us an update i will voltage be happy isolation to do is uh at least at the you know we're not talking um, even kilovolts right voltage isolation at this stage is that's easier than accounting for current right um correct just more physical spacing or more higher dielectric or both yep insulator or whatever uh, as opposed to okay we need more metal <laughs> you know, we, need, <laughs> we need thicker wires that, that cost significantly more money right yeah it'll be interesting to see i'm actually planning on trying a supercharger in a few weeks time oh yeah so, yeah yeah uh, no uh, so <laughs> my my i have some relatives going to be coming to visit over the next few weeks and basically my mother's coming for a trip and my father's coming for a trip separately we won't get into that, <laughs> but the <laughs> sounds more peaceful but, that way. But my father wants to. He loves Bucky's that Doug got to experience. Oh. He likes going there because they have all the beef jerky and all the snacks and things. Sorry. And so Good I was Bucky, talking with Bucky's my wife. <laughs> yeah, I was exactly. I was talking with my wife like I should probably try a supercharger while I'm there since it'll be an excuse to be at one. 
before I ever do a road trip because I'll likely at some point do a road trip. So I'm just going to give it a shot. I'm going to try it when I'm there. So in a couple okay. weeks, I'll... Well, I want to I want to see your plaid parked at an EA station hooked up to Chatterbo. Then I'll Okay, just I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Bucky's was interesting, but I wouldn't make a special trip to Bucky's. <laughs> My father's not from the U.S., so okay. he, when he sees these outlandish, all the Texas stuff in it, whatever, right. he kind Everything's of bigger in Texas. It's, it's a ridiculous ordeal for him, hmm. so... He'll probably buy some Texas memorabilia to bring to relatives in Italy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But yeah, cool. but anyway, so I will be doing a, a supercharger soon, but it will only be a V3. So we'll Aww. see how that goes. Yeah. The main thing about supercharging for me now is it's not cheap. Yeah. Like most of my charges, I'll see it's 42 cents a kilowatt hour. And I'm like, that's, that's kind of pricey compared to just charging at home. So, and I guess that's how the incentive structure should be that you don't necessarily do it unless you have to. So, but I'll be interested. It's literally nothing. You back in and you plug in. So it's not, it won't (laughs) be a life changing thing, except that that is just that, that it's just easy enough that you, you don't really have to think about it. So So. funny, you should mention how easy that is. I I had an incident where, so, so let's set the stage. Um, On my phone, I've got my Apple card set up and I use that as my default payment for supercharging. And I was on my, I was on a road trip and I'd gotten a erroneous billing on my Apple card. And so I called Apple because I'm sitting at the supercharger with nothing to do. And Apple says, oh, we're going to cancel your number and give you a new number. I'm going, but I'm using it too late canceled. (laughs) And immediately Tesla starts whining that there's no payment method and they're going to cut me off. So, so I'm literally sitting there trying to re-enable a payment method at the supercharger with Apple on the phone and Tesla app binging me about no payment method. Um, just one of life's little challenges. In but you got world. charged. They char- You got your charge. I did get my charge. I did okay. get my charge. Okay. This, this turned out better than I thought. I was afraid there's going to be another story about how you sat on the phone for eight hours to get no, $2 no, no. back or something. No. I, 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 well, being the Boy Scout, I pulled out my solar panel and put it on top of the car, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I don't think you can classify that as supercharging. Yeah, That's charging. a triple charge. It's charging. Yeah. Triple charging. <laughs> But just be aware that the app is very picky about what you give a payment method as for supercharging. They don't waste time, man. If they realize that payment method's gone and can't be used, they will cut you off. <laughs> Makes sense. They don't wow. want you stealing power. So this is a terrible segue. I, I don't have a good segue for this. So this is my segue. All right. So segue away. Tesla, speaking of Tesla offering things. There you go. And charging you. So Tesla is now offering PPF wraps, which they are. surprised a lot of people, myself included. PPF is, correct me if I'm wrong, right? It's paint protective protection film. film. Paint yep. protection film, yeah. Paint protection Basically. film, all right. Thick, thick I plastic. only know that because I was going to do it on my car. I ended up not doing it, but I was going to. But yeah, it's kind of, I, to be honest, if Tesla had offered it when I bought my car, I probably would have done it. I probably Even at the said, price? Yeah. What's so that? Even at the price, that that price is basically the price everyone would want to charge me anyway. I can so so for our listeners and viewers, Tesla's price for clear is five thousand. If you want a color, now of an entire color wheel of colors, they pick seven of the most muted colors they could, and they want seventy five hundred dollars to eight thousand dollars to wrap your car. <laughs> And I will point out that's basically what I was being given as off prices when I tried to get my plaid yeah. done at a, good, at a good body shop. And this that's is this is do it inside into the right, wells and right. Like, they do the, the door jams. They do everything like they should, and it is yeah. the thicker paint protection film. It's not the thin vinyl wrap that we know, love, and right. hate. <laughs> and one of our producers is pointing out. It is a better deal than FSD. Absolutely. You actually get something. Because it gets a physical thing. It is both cheaper and real. So let me pull this up on the Tesla shop site. So it's interesting to me that they would offer this. They're they're prepping us for the Cybertruck since nobody wants stainless steel. Right. As as listeners know that I have a color change wrap on my car. And have you seen his have... purple Model 3? But yours is vinyl, though, right? It's the thinner. It's vinyl, but then I have a clear PPF 
okay. part, not the whole car, but on the 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 areas that the matter. high impact areas. But yeah, so the colors that they have available, it's a pretty small They're selection here. Pretty blah. <laughs> and they're mostly, yeah, pretty muted colors of colors they already have. I guess the green and the rose gold are, are a little bit special. There's a glacier blue that harkens back to a color that they used to have on the Roadster when Lotus was doing the paint colors for them. And Lotus offered plenty of colors, like maybe at least I, 10 different colors. I, I wish they had that. What was it the S had in the beginning? Titanium? What? Kind of oh, that, yeah. That rose yeah, is brown like titanium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um. here's a like a little color swatch thing I have from 3M. For of the, all the, the colors they could have gone with. all these different <laughs> colors available. There's so many. And that's why I think many people might choose a wrap. You can really individualize, personalize your vehicle. And this isn't quite, for me, this is like, why would they have such a small selection? Now, it is true, as you mentioned, this, this, wrap seems to be a proper sort of like a polyurethane body sort wrap. Of thing <laughs> that well not just that but it's thicker like ppf is thicker than your standard vinyl True, wrap it's really me. sort of protecting you from paint chips and stuff like that and it tends to be a, like a 10-year product i don't know what their product is but the 3m clear equivalent is a 10-year they're, they're product. saying so say five uh, to ten yeah five to ten and i would suspect if you put a ceramic coat on it of quality it would easily hit that mark i think it's interesting that Tesla is offering this or would offer this. Now, so far, it's only two service centers that are offering it. Both and I kind of question it. Are, are the service centers themselves actually going to do it? Or are they going to no, I bet they've outsourced a, it to a local vendor. A, yeah, a local shop somewhere. So what's interesting to me is that this is basically just money on the table, right? That Tesla can just get, right? Because so many people, I just know through TMC and, and different vendors we have that Other people um, advertise on our site. A lot of people wrap, and the actual material is a relatively low cost. It'll, it'll cost hundreds of dollars or something, but the, the you're paying for the skill of the person putting it on there and, and their time. But to me, from the outside, but with a little bit of inside of, of seeing it done and, and some association, it seems to me like a pretty high margin yeah, thing to I, do, a pretty high margin process. I would add, though, for anybody considering this, if you plan to buy your car and then trade it in two or three years. Even as a Tesla wrap, a lot of dealers won't take it wrapped because they don't know what condition the car is underneath the wrap. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can take photos and stuff, but yeah, you don't know. Most wrap shops, when you do it, they'll do a full inspection because they don't want to get blamed for once the wrap comes off and you find something wrong and you can't come back and blame them. Or so, the primer underneath the wrap. <laughs> so you, you do a full uh, walk around and inspection. Now, I don't know how this will work with Tesla. There's some convenience factor here. A lot of people, when they get their car new, they want that PPF on as soon as possible so they don't get rock chips and that sort of thing. And if it's delivered to the service center and if eventually they can get that integrated, that it gets the wrap on before it comes home. That's kind of convenient though. It's still, you want to be able to inspect the car on delivery because my car had little paint inclusions and other things and swirl marks and all these other issues that I didn't think to get fixed then. And, and I was like, okay, well, we'll just cover it up. Of course, when I got my wrap, I had already had the car for a couple of years, but you'll want to be able to inspect the car, make sure the panel alignment and all that stuff. You would hope that the service centers would step up and, and take care of that sort of final inspection type stuff a bit more, your standard dealer would, rather than the, the customer being responsible for that. And because then again, you, you're then hiding it under the wrap. So you probably want to get a good look at your car before that wrap goes on. But it is convenient if they can do it at the service center before you take it home. So it has less exposure to. Uh, yeah, that's why I would have done it. If, if they, it was an yeah. option, I would have done it. I planned on doing it afterwards, and then I ended up not bothering. And at this point, I've had the car over a year, so I really don't see the point. If I really cared what the paint quality was, like, you know, oh, eight I've years from now, I'll just, I'll just get it painted. I've considered <laughs> a wrap to change the color, because after four years or five years of blue, I'm kind of thinking about a different color. Mm. And I have a, I can go buy a new car, or I could paint this one, or I can get it wrapped. And I'm thinking a wrap's probably the more cost-efficient way to go. But I'll say that my poking around, one of the things I found out, especially on Tesla, is to do the wrap the correct way. I won't say the right way, but the correct way. 
is a challenge because the bumpers front and rear have to come off. The doors have to come off. The door handles have to come off. The, the side cameras have, to come, have to come off. The mirrors have to come I mean, your car gets disassembled a lot if it's done the correct way. And a lot of the shops don't do that. And I'm a little concerned that Tesla farming I, this out may not do it quite that way. I, I think most quality shops will do the proper disassembly. That's what they do. When my car was done, they took off the front and rear bumpers. They took off the, they didn't have to take off the doors, but they, uh, I don't think they had to take out the handles, but they did have to disassemble the mirrors. Uh, Cause I also had a Chrome delete sort of thing done. But what's interesting about the, what Tesla is doing, they are also, uh, it looks like they're wrapping the door jams and, and normally when you get a wrap that isn't done. Cause that is a huge extra expense oh, yeah. uh, to, to get in all those contours that. there. A lot of um, handwork. So, yeah. And often it's pretty obvious because say most people get know that know they're getting a wrap, get whatever the cheap color is. So there are a lot of white Teslas out there with wraps. And when you open the door, you, you got white that big, door jam. You know, that white <laughs> thing. Um, now for me, I, I not really lucked out. It was, it was kind of in the planning. My car is, is that nice dark blue. And this wrap I have is this chameleon sort of color change wrap. And I feel like that blue is contained within the multicolors that the wrap can do. So it's, it doesn't strike you at all when you lift the trunk hood or, right. or lift the trunk or open the trunk or open the door. You don't really notice. It's In still fact, blue. right now, yeah. I, I mentioned some weeks ago, I got someone back to my car. Actually, I guess it was months ago now, but I'm only, only now getting it properly fixed. And when they removed the wrap from the door, they noticed that, okay, there's some dents. So I had to get the dents repaired. So right now I'm driving around with the car and most of the car is purple, but the driver's side door is just the original color. And it doesn't really stick out that much for me. So. Let me ask you this, Doug. We have a F-150 not too far from the house here that was wrapped. And it was wrapped in a matte black. But what I've noticed is along the edges, like on the hood line and along the door edges, it's like the wrap shrank back a little bit. It's kind of lifting. Is yeah. that a common issue yeah, with, that a, can with happen. the thin wrap? That can happen. Basically, when they do the wrap, after they get it on, maybe the next year, sometimes the maintenance needs to be done. There are sometimes there are little adhesives they use to tack around the edges. To do it right, you don't just put it on. It has to wrap around the right. body panel. And sometimes they will come back and put a little tab of, of some sort of adhesive that will it's help keep hold it down. It snug around the corner. <clears throat> they also need to trim it, too. So it, they'll, they'll wrap it. And say if you do a, a hood, for example, it's wrapping around. And, but then, yeah, the edges will lift up, but typically you're supposed to just trim those off. So it probably just needs some, some, some maintenance, but you'll notice that if you don't have also have a PPF, like that wrap, it kind of protects your paint a little bit, but the wrap itself can be fairly, fairly fragile and that rock chips will remove bits of your wrap and you'll see your original co color sort of underneath. Ouch. And so that's something you'll notice on mirrors and on the nose. That's why it's kind of nice to get an actual PPF on top of the wrap, but it, it does add to the cost. Yeah. Um, so I've heard the phrase with the PPF self-healing and mm -hmm. I've seen the demos where they take like a wire brush and then they take a hot, a heat gun and the PPF just magically just smooths right out again. Yeah. Uh, so that's a nice feature and your normal vinyl wrap won't do that. And in fact, you can get scratches on the vinyl. And there's not a whole lot you can do about it. You can put wax and stuff like that on it, but like you, like a car that's paint, you can actually polish paint, just depending sure. on how thick your, your paint is. There's nothing to polish on a, on a vinyl wrap. <laughs> so all you can do is sort of- No, no color yeah. sanding and blending though. <laughs> yeah, no. So I'm kind of curious about this product. If it's not just clear and it's colored, I wonder how much it will actually stand up to things like scratches and how much is it does it do this self-healing or whatever? Um, so currently they're only offering this on threes and Ys, right? That's all they say. Three And only the newest. Y, and they only, only have the newest. It, it, yeah. Those of us yeah, who are so, the older ones are SOL. So it, okay. it feels like a little bit of an experiment. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that they're... Now, they're already doing this or already were set up to do this in China, right? Where they probably right. wanted more colors. And also... With the Cybertruck, which is stainless steel, which you can't really paint very well, a wrap makes sense if you want some some uniqueness in your Cybertruck. And they've had a bunch of sort of 
Cybertrucks that are driving around with various wraps on them. Yeah, what's another eight thousand dollars on your Cybertruck? You're only paying thirty-seven for it, right? <laughs> yeah, so it, it'll be interesting. I'm curious how much of that skill will actually be in house. They're selling more cars. They're opening more service centers, but this is another thing that the service center has to do. It's also very really time-consuming. Yeah. So how much time is that adding? But if if Tesla can get reasonable margins on it, again, it's pretty much money on the table because. So many people get these done and every, in every state, in every city, there's somebody wrapping their Tesla, mainly because they only offer five colors, two of which three out of the five colors aren't real colors. They have two colors. Everything else is a grayscale, right? So it's a popular thing. So Tesla offering it, that probably scares some of the, but probably the demand is high enough that existing detail shops aren't, probably aren't that worried because often, especially in the Bay area, you want to get your car wrapped. You're waiting months. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, down here, it's like a two-month wait. You're waiting months. And so that's why they can do it at the service center without you driving around. If they'll, they'll slot you in or schedule you with your delivery, then, then that's probably worth the extra money for those people that want that. So sure, it's just, I wish they had some more variety. Colors. Come on, why not? Yeah, um, and I'm also curious who, who, I'm curious who made this, right? There are a couple manufacturers. 3M, obviously, there's Expel, which um, some other sort of companies. So I'm, I'm sort of curious who's making this product. I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't like a 3M product. Right. So, but they're not, they're not one saying. Of those. Probably, Tesla always wants to act like they're perfectly vertically integrated. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's only be... a few colors because they have it made on some laser 3D right. printer or something. I, I just had visions of this, the Tesla logo hologrammed all over your car and embedded in the wrap. Yeah. It can be done. It can be done. Uh, all it takes you know, is money. A, a, of the wraps available from 3M, there's one that basically adds like a kind of a rainbow effect. It's clear, but it, it basically has essentially a bit of a diffraction pattern in the in the clear wrap so that when you're driving by it gets kind of rainbow reflections and stuff well, i was, I I was get, thinking more of a of, of a way to mask your car from the speed radars the ones using lasers uh, yeah <laughs> um the ones Doug's actually lasers, thinking about it <laughs> the ones using lasers typically reflect off your uh license plate because your license plate has these little sort of spherical reflector things they do in the in the paint uh, so that's what they tend to focus on and in california at least it's illegal to have something on top of your license plate probably for that reason so oh, uh, it's illegal not to have a front plate things. which a lot of folks seem to ignore although, yeah but, although they're getting you know ticketed what? now for that they are getting ticketed i don't want to hear it i enjoy <laughs> not having my front plate the way i look at it is texas is a state all about individual freedom and why so do you have I, any plates you, at all then i why well, have any plates at all no so <laughs> i removed my front plate and i haven't had been stopped at all so thankfully well and I'm if good. they give me a ticket i'll gladly pay the ticket it's fine i got a ticket once for the front plate and it's not no one's pulling you they might add it if they're already pulling you over but no one's pulling you over for that it's the meter maids that are enforcing i got pulled over for it once with my wife's car um, oh. but it was because we had the plate in the front windshield because it had fallen off the front bumper and I didn't reattach it yet. So I just put yeah. it in the windshield. So and they wind huge mistake. Really? They pulled me over and said, it's illegal to have it in the windshield and well, that it needs to be on the bumper. Well, they probably and, don't want to fly it around in the cockpit in case. Yeah. So they gave it. me a warning. And what I did is I went home and I just took it out of the car entirely and never put it back on, <laughs> never been pulled over since. So, Oh, is it a safety issue? So if, if you're like in the plaid and you do a launch, is it a decapitation? Right. In the plaid, it would be dangerous. I would not do it there. This is, this was in my wife's Jeep, but yeah, but absolutely not. Wouldn't do it in the plaid. It's a good way to die. <laughs> so in the comments, Mike, uh, Mike says it's not required in Pennsylvania. Yes. And I used to live in Pennsylvania. That's where I went to college. And I loved my car not having a front license plate. And I hated it. I went, I moved to New York and I had to add one. Yep. And I added one of those little ones that like attaches into the tow hitch that I could remove really easily. And then when I moved to Texas, I was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing it anymore. But uh, yes, I did enjoy so, that in PA. So the here in California in particular, they're getting really sticky about it. They have a, they just announced and signed for a brand new camera system that they're testing for school zones and hospital zones and a few other places. 
and they rely on those plates to be able to take the picture of the plate and then send you your ticket in the mail. So no front plate right now in Los Angeles County, Ventura County, parts of Orange County are almost an immediate ticket from the meter maids. You're just sitting, you're not even in your car. You'll find a ticket on your car with no front plate. And it's not just a fix-it ticket. You actually have to get the plate put on and pay the fine and make sure it gets signed off. It's a big... Well, yeah. that's the definition of a fix-it ticket. That's kind of a fix-it ticket. But. <laughs> yeah, is that you... And in fact, that's what I had to do. I got the mount thing and I... This is, again, this is I've California. I've got the quick you, mount on the have, front of the car. You have to go to a, yeah, a police department and they'll come out and they'll sign off on it. And you pay your $50 for the fix-it ticket. So you have to and show, then you immediately it's, remove it in front of it's them like and then drive off. It's like a $100 ticket now. It's not 50 bucks. Yeah. They're trying to strongly discourage you from taking your plate off. Uh, well, <laughs> it could be like in New York where people like on purpose scratch up their plate and obfuscate it so that they don't get tolls. And, right. And so whatnot. the plate's there. Oh, yeah. gee, I'm sorry. It's all scratched up. Yeah. There's a problem in Texas where people were making the temp plates, the paper. They were like printing out fake paper plates. Okay and using those and it was like a huge ordeal you see it a lot online on reddit people posting videos of people breaking the law and they have some nonsense fake license plate that's not real but well you know in anyway. california <laughs> as we're talking about places one last Here we go. <laughs> when i got the i3 uh like when you get a new car I, now there's a paper temporary plate mm -hmm. in california yeah. yeah but there used to be nothing that's so really would drove with no plate at all. Something in the front windshield. Yeah, yeah, a little sticker in the front. And so for, I don't know, a couple of years, I didn't even bother putting <laughs> the plate on. Because <laughs> why worry about it? Why risk the, the red light cameras that are illegal that you might get caught by? I don't run red lights, but sometimes you just get one. But I, I think I finally put it on when I needed to get in the, I needed to use like the EV lane or something. No, I was like, okay, let me that's, go That's the, the famous Steve Jobs thing, right? Oh yeah. He, he didn't, just get he a new didn't car. like yeah. license plates on his yeah. car. Wouldn't so he set up a deal where he got a new car every, every six months. Yeah. Every six months he got a new one. So he didn't have to do it. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. Ridiculous. So, so question for you, Lewis, <laughs> in, here in Southern California, Is it a riddle? no, it's not. Should, should I say riddle me this so you can take your riddle shot? Riddle me this. All right. Take a shot. Okay. Now we got that out of the way. Here in Southern California, I'm, I'm assuming elsewhere, but I see it a lot lately. Wrapping your plate has become a real thing where people will get the plate wrapped with vinyl, maybe the color of the car on the plate with white letters, or it's not left. I think it's illegal. In oh, it's very states. illegal. That's, it's very that's illegal. It's definitely illegal in California. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But in Texas, there's a lot of plates. you get. They, they have like over a hundred plates that you can choose from. But yeah, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if people wrap them. I haven't paid attention to notice, but, but yeah, I don't that know. That seems like it's something that would be, that you'd catch pretty easily. And uh, yeah, being easy to pull over. Yeah. Of course, you can always get it's your digital going. plate for a thousand dollars. Oh man, I, I can't wait till we have those. We don't have those yet. We have but what, what's oh, the commercial though? vehicles here can do digital, but residential can't. Yeah, we can do but, it here. thousand bucks if you what, want the What advantage plate. does it give you? Why? You can have I mean, your very why? own saying along the bottom of the plate. It, <laughs> the lie is because I can plug my laptop into it and then I can make it do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But besides hacking it, what advantage does it have for the normal person? Like in no California, advantage. no advantage in, for the normal in California. No. You have little stickers that you put on. It, it's it's like, okay. Flex. I don't need to put the sticker on. It's a flex. Yeah. Yeah. There's no advantage for a normal person. Okay. Sounds um, anyway. So I think before we move on to our next topic, <laughs> We have we had somebody ask a question about our last topic. Uh, let's see. Gen I'm gonna say Gen I'm four. gonna say Caesar. Yeah. It might be Cesar, but I'm Italian, so to me, I go to Caesar. So I apologize. Uh, what are the advantages of V4 over V3? Again, assuming superchargers. And I think what we talked about is it's for a Tesla owner, yeah. there's not much of an advantage, but well, for a non-Tesla owner, it's basically longer cord, so they can plug in for more angles and uh, a better magic dock oh, easier to use more magic power dock. so even for and the potentially tesla, higher charging yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And, for, and, for the and tesla owner method. if you can use it it has more kilowatts available okay, okay. Yeah. but then and i think that the absolute main thing is that you can at the unit you can pay right right for the non-tesla drivers yeah 
for because otherwise the non-Tesla driver has to download the Tesla app and install an app sure. and and, and put a payment another app on your phone. App. Yay! Right. So instead, you can just scroll <laughs> up and and tap your credit card, and and that will be your payment. That's the. And I'm sure Tesla's going to make that a premium payment if you're not using the app to try to push you to the app so they can track all your personal data. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if they do that. I think they should also be charging more for non-Teslas. And I find, I'm finding it a little bit expensive as it is. So you know, yeah, it, our, supercharging our, shouldn't be the only way people charge. People should hopefully have a situation where they can charge at home or at their destination. So That's true. Um, but yeah, we've discussed this before. So I'm paying yeah. 24 cents a kilowatt here, non-prime. I can go to the Tesla supercharger that's a 70 kilowatt unit and pay 17 cents a kilowatt, or I can go to the 250 kilowatt supercharger and pay 37 cents a kilowatt any time of the day. It's almost cheaper for me to supercharge than it is to charge at home, aside from the convenience. Well, it's it's very location and time of day dependent. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's clear. Abs- and it varies almost weekly now. It's gotten to the point where you really want to check what you're going to get charged when you go, because it changes without notice. You're going to love this. Speaking of prices changing without quickly notice. and at any point without notice. <laughs> Here's our segue. Tes- <laughs> Tesla Model 3 and Y lease prices are kind of ridiculous now. Like, and ridiculously it's cheap. Seriously ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So. But you're still throwing money away. Well, we can, we don't need to get, there's a whole debate on money. whether somebody should lease or not. Cause that's a financial decision. Each person can make. It is. It's individual. You make your own, you make right. your own choice. But lease prices are pretty insanely cheap right now. They for are. Model 3, they are. Which is surprising because of how high interest rates are for loans. Yeah. Anyway. So model three lease as low as $250 a month. Now, that's that's bare ch- bones, rear wheel drive. No upgrades, no options. Zero upgrades. <laughs> and keeping in mind, this is a, so this is on their website. I don't know if we could. Sh- I don't know if we have anything to show for this. But the interesting thing about this was, though, this is with forty five hundred dollars down. And if you do the math on that, it's oh well, you're spending whatever it is over three hundred, four hundred dollars a month. There's over four hundred dollars a month on your car payment. But if you factor in the the down payment with it, yep. splitting it up. Yep. But still pretty damn cheap for a brand new car, especially again with interest it's, rates. Uh, things, so. It's pretty amazing. You, I, you, I think you. when I got the BMW i3, and that was just as a, a stopgap car while I was waiting for my Model 3, that was with all these incentives. It was like about 250 a month, and I thought that was a pretty good price. If I could have leased a Tesla at the time, I would have. But Tesla's lease options at that point were pretty terrible. Like I considered, oh, could I lease a Model S? Then your bare bones rear wheel drive Model S was at least a thousand bucks a month. And I couldn't justify that given that I drove like maybe eight, eight miles a week. (laughs) (laughs) The cost per mile would have been ridiculous for me. So that didn't make any sense. Even though I got a lot of crap for for getting an off-brand vehicle at the time. But yeah, so that 250, if I were buying now and I didn't already have FSD, locked in on, on my existing vehicle that's what i would do because I, I used to always tell everybody some years ago lease an ev because it's basically like your phone the technology is changing things are getting better pretty quickly so a two or three year lease makes a lot of sense except i wouldn't give that advice for people getting tesla because the lease terms were just so terrible but, but uh, right now i'd probably tell somebody to, to lease them all oh you still can't buy it back at the end of the lease which is a real pain. You, you know, what people get really attached to their Tesla and then they find out kind of late in the game, oh, I can't buy the car. Oh, I don't understand why they still have that. It, it made a little bit of sense. There's certainly a lot of hubris when they announced that at least a few years ago now, it's been at least two or three years yeah, that they well, said, well, we won't allow you to keep them because these are going to be robo taxis and they're, they're more valuable to us. So right. We're, we're now they go to the auction them. house, like the day after you turn it in. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so why not give the option of the person that owns it to, to get it? There's, there should just be a buyback and buy it. There's they're getting them and they're selling them. Why not sell them to the person that had it? Cause that's the person that wants to keep it. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. There, there is also the, the challenges. There was a very interesting thread on TMC it was titled end of lease inspection, repair and payment. And one of our members, Y2K20 
was returning a Model Y or getting ready to return a Model Y and had some questions. And it was things about my tires are slightly worn and Tesla's telling me I have to replace the tires and can I just go to discount tires and buy them and blah, 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 curb rash. When I turned in my last lease, the, the, the sales people really didn't even look at the car. They just glanced in the parking lot to make sure it was there. Said, yep, good. See ya. Have a nice day. But Tesla really seems to get kind of picky about their lease returns. Curb rash is unacceptable. Tire wear is unacceptable. You can't replace the tire with a non-brand matching the rest of the tires. So they all four have to match. Yeah, I think the, the things tire like wear that. part is <laughs> typically wear and tear is included and expected. Not so according that's, to why there's a mile, that's why there's a mileage limit. <laughs> yeah. So the, right? the, the tire wear one doesn't make any sense. Again, when I had that I3, I, that was a lease. And when I returned it, they looked at it a little bit. And then that was kind of it. I had some tire rash, which I pointed out to them. And that was just like a little- You fee. actually volunteered it to them? <laughs> well, I didn't want it to come up later. And then I also, I was, someone rear-ended me in the, in, the, in the I3. And so there's that damage too. And I think they just charged me, I forget what it was. It might've been like 400 bucks or something. And it wasn't bad. I got insurance. The other person's insurance paid for it. And I think they just gave me like 1500 bucks or something. And I found out that I could just leave it and it would cost me less than I got from the insurance. So I just kept the insurance money, obviously. Right. Um, so it was a pretty painless operation to just return that lease. So. I don't know why Tesla would make it so difficult. Oh, Tesla's um, painless if you have deep pockets and are going to pay. But if you well, want... Well, that, that's what we're... That's what pain is. In, this, <laughs> <laughs> in, this, in the context of this conversation, pain is money. Okay? <laughs> but these are all things to consider. If you're considering the lease, you really need to remember the entire process, not just the fact you get the car cheap up front, that there'll be some work on the back end. And mm -hmm. you need to be aware of that and make allowances for that. Even when you just look at the info that they have uh, here on the site, they already talk about there's some fee. There's fees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, here's another. 395 disposition fee. What the hell is yeah, that? So they're already adding <laughs> fees <laughs> on top of fees Ridiculous. when you return the thing. And, if you're uh, going to charge I, me to return it, I'm just going to keep it. Which right? You can't, do. <laughs> you can't keep it because it's a special robo-taxi now. That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, goodness. Um, oh, man. Yeah, they're pretty clear. You forego the option to buy your car at the end of lease and must return it, period. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> they need to just change that. That's, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, it's kind uh, of That's just more work on their end. It just doesn't make any sense. But if you ignore all of the fees and hidden costs and all the other stuff, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, it is compared to what? they've offered in the past it's, it's definitely a, yeah. a good deal and i don't know how long that's going to last what's the motivation the project uh, highland car is probably coming soon then they I'll, want good delivery numbers before the end of the year obviously oh, yeah. so who knows how long that offer will last they're also advertising that oh the the federal tax rebate may change after december 31st so they're making a, a big push in terms of what they're offering in education to try to sell as many cards as they can before yeah. the end of the year. So this may be just part of that. So it might not be forever. In general, the prices have gotten cheaper, not even looking at this lease. So my car is $40,000 less now than it was when I bought it. Yeah. Well, $40,000. But it's an appreciating asset, you see. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not my car. If I bought a new one right now. <laughs> So my car is another, oh, my car is another 40,000. Yeah. So yeah. by comparison, guys, you can lease a Mach-E right now, premium rear wheel drive for three years. It'll cost you $5,800 cash at signing. And it'll be a payment of $679 a month. And you get yeah. the joys of dealing with CCS charging. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've learned one thing from this show, Mike, is I don't want to deal with non-Tesla charging. You, you really don't. You really don't. Unless you got the patience of Job. <laughs> if if even Tesla then. would allow that FSD license to be attached to me and not the vehicle, even with the wrap and stuff, I've had this car long enough that I would 
And there are enough newer bells and whistles that I would consider selling this car and then doing a Model 3 lease. I would find that reasonable. Well, you could do a um, two-year Model 3 lease and then pick up a Highland at the at two years once they've got some of the bugs worked out of it. Yeah, exactly. Except that I've already paid for FSD. And uh, yeah, there so you go. Whining about FSD is. payments again. I'm, yeah. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> I'm just saying. See, in well, my case, why, I could do that. I, I subscribe, so I just cancel my subscription for a month, get the new car, re-enable it, and call it a day. That's what they want all of us to do. That's Ugh. exactly what they want us to do. Yeah. That lease payment looks less attractive when you basically double it for FSD. <laughs> it's true. And you got premium connectivity. You've got FSDs. Ooh, it goes up. Yeah. Well, speaking of all the subscription fees, Tesla subscriptions and things you might have to pay for, hmm. Tesla has now officially announced an API. Yay! Um, <laughs> so, an API for, right. for those official that are, API official official API. So, API is application programming interface, which basically just means it is a mechanism or a thing that allows software to talk with your. Tesla and get information about your car. So all those third-party yes. apps that you use, if you use any of them, yeah. Tesla Mate and Tesla Fi and Tesla. I, I, I've, I've got it on my. I've got it on my watch. Um, I've got it on my phone. Yeah. You know. They basically have worked by reverse engineering the program interfaces that Tesla has for their own internal Tesla stuff, and Tesla is kind of do, cracking down on that now. They've now officially released an API that they want everyone to move over to. And all apps have to now, use it. And all apps have to use it. Now, there's some advantages to this. Our security is going to be better. So basically how how Tesla integrates or how these third-party apps integrate to Tesla with your car, you are there's less risk of those companies like basically having stealing your Tesla credentials or other types of things because it's going through a more robust authorization mechanism. Uh, so that's better. But the fear for those that aren't aware is that Tesla is going to start charging for this. Because mm. if you haven't heard, Elon like Twitter bought Twitter API charges. and changed <laughs> yeah. it to X. And one of the big dramas with that is they charge a crap load of money for API <laughs> access, which is what allows all those third-party apps and things to work on Twitter. Um, Reddit has done something oh, similar. Yeah. There's drama oh. on that as well. Uh, they mm. kind of copied what Elon did to some degree. Uh, but anyway, so now that there's an official API, the expectation is... Uh, uh, Tesla basically has a special mode, which is free with a very low query rate. So like hmm. somebody experimenting or de developer testing something out and we're expecting them to hit us with fees and prices for accessing the APIs for having an app that accesses many cars. So it's very likely third party apps or prices are going to go up or there's going to be some kind of thing where you have to pay a subscription to Tesla and then use that key that you give to the app or something. I don't know. However, they figure out how they want to monetize it. We will likely be paying money to have our third party apps. So what yeah. a double edged sword. This is something that Tesla should have done a long time ago. Should have done for. And I feel like they didn't because they feel what they're doing is the best and they don't really story. care about other people messing around. But of course, the, this whole connectivity with the car, though, was invented by Tesla fans, really, because the Roadster had no connectivity at all, right? And a couple of guys on TMC developed this thing called OVMS to be able to communicate with the Tesla Roadster to be able to start and stop charging. And it was basically a thing that plugged into the CAN bus and had its own cellular connection. It was a little mini computer that you could talk to, and it had its own phone number. <laughs> I think the first version, you actually texted it, kind of like early Twitter. It was all text-based. And then later, when 3G became a thing, it ended up having its own internet connection. There are two ones. There's OVMS, and there's another guy that did this thing called Tesla Tatler, and it was a similar kind of idea. And he ended up getting hired by Tesla. So yeah, so they developed essentially talking to the car and, and communicating with it and trying to make all the different things accessible through the app. But there are other things people would like that Tesla had wasn't doing yet in terms of scheduling, charging, and that sort of stuff. That has eventually come to the apps, but these other third-party apps had those kind of features. First, at some point, I remember some months ago, it looked like Tesla was blocking access from AWS, DigitalOcean, basically these large cloud oh. computing services where people <clears throat> might host an instance of, I, I'm not sure 
which with thumb, instead of giving your credentials to somebody, you can set up your own instance on. Um, I think that's Tesla mate or something like that. Yeah, Tesla mate is an example of one where there's just a, there's yeah. a, a, a Docker you can just install on your own and then you're directly connecting to that. And then that is talking to your car and recording data, giving you nice graphs of how the car is charging or how many events happen or whatever. What's really nice about those apps is that you can have a nice long history about how your car is behaving or what's the temperature of your car and how much parasitic loss is there. For example, my car is currently plugged in and the sentry mode is on and that's using quite a bit. And so those kind of things are, are what's useful that these third-party apps are able to do. And at some point, it seemed like Tesla was shutting them out for a bit by limiting the access. So yeah, having API, that definitely is better. I wouldn't want to give my username and password to any of these companies necessarily because you're really trusting them because they could do anything. They could stop your car or go steal your car, right? <laughs> they, could, they could unlock your car with that, with that information. So having an API where I can access, and if it's smart, you could have detailed permissions in terms of what they can do. But yeah, they'll probably start charging for it, which Most is likely. a little bit of a shame. I certainly appreciate it if there's a high connection rate and it certainly costs them some money just for the, the server stuff. But I would hate for it to stifle the innovation. Right. Yep. So time will tell. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Again, I use a third-party app. Every drive I've ever done with my car, all the battery usage, every charge, all of that. Since I first picked it up, I had it already. I had it set up right away. So, which app do you use? Data. I'm currently using Teslafy at the moment. Mm -hmm. I was gonna set up Teslamate myself and run it on a server, and then I was like, or I could just pay money and do nothing. And yeah. I'm super busy with work in my own company. And so I was just like, I don't yeah. have time for this. So I just I, pay the money. I've got three. I've got Tesla watch because <laughs> I use my watch to unlock the car and start it. I've got stats and then I've got uh Teslab are, are the three I use. So all three are hosted by somebody else. Yes. So all three of those companies have your credentials and could, they know yep. exactly where your car is. And they know exactly where it. I am. <laughs> <laughs> and they could come steal it and change your tesla password right in theory could they change your tesla password is there some sort of ne mm. next factor on that well the fact they don't have my mfa account yeah i'll just so. say it's links to your email yeah. though so i don't think they well, well, it's linked to email but without that pin you're not gonna be able to do much okay right. all right at least that's something it's the bare minimum nowadays. Uh -huh. Except so, he used the same password for his Tesla and for his email. <laughs> yeah, that's really secure. There you so go. Has this, has this all, case all happened already? Did, did you have to reauthorize anything on these apps at all? No. Okay, I then. did. I had oh, you to, did? Uh, I'm yeah, pretty did. sure I had to do a thing recently. They messaged me about it or something, and I had to click through some stuff. I think oh. I could be misremembering because oh. I... Actually, there's, this, there's four apps, but I hesitate to bring up the fourth app because Doug will have a little. It's that's here. Sexy buttons, of course. Oh, your sexy <laughs> buttons. I actually, I think that's uh, even though you're being paid by them. And oh, I, I wish. I think that's it. That's I like it. I like it. They, in that they just here's something added, that's adding functionality. They just added a cloud function, so they have to use your Tesla app credentials to offer their features mm -hmm. now. Where are they? Is sexy buttons? Is that some Chinese company or probably no. Who knows? It, it's hard to tell. They could have a U.S. address and you'd never know it. I noticed that they had more things like the knob and they also had some stalks. I just uh, saw the knob. I just saw that. Uh -huh. It's kind of pricey, but it's it allows you to adjust your air conditioning through a an analog device now instead of having to drill down three menu items. Mm -hmm. there, there's some appeal to that. Yeah, I don't need it, but I, I can see it. I've uh, got passengers a lot and we have this constant struggle about the ac and who's going to turn what when and how sounds good well that's our topics for this week or again reminder our next show dan o'dog noted fsd critic did the new york times ads and the super bowl ads lots of news and press coverage to be exciting it's <laughs> something to say about that guy is he's definitely very motivated so i'm, I'm mostly <laughs> curious why is he so motivated why does he invest so much time into what he does uh, it's his hobby <laughs> <laughs> it could be a financial interest. It could be short seller. My, my understanding is, and I guess we can find out more. We can certainly ask him some questions. Uh, we'll see what he answers. But my understanding is, he, so he owns a software company 
that does a lot of government contract work with autonomy. I think maybe drone related, I'm not sure, but he does do government contract work supposedly in that type of software. And so I think he's just, I don't know if he's just hypercritical for financial reasons, although I think it might also just be like personal, right? He just has a personal agenda of disagreeing with Elon and the methodology mm-hmm. and wanting to put a stop to it. So I'm not sure that it's, oh, he's trying to make a buck. He's very rich. He doesn't need to do this to make money. <laughs> I think he's just, I think for some reason, he just doesn't agree with it. So that'll be an interesting conversation, but that'll be for next time. So until then, I want to thank everyone for your support. As always, thanks for your questions and comments and hanging out with us. You can go to teslamotorsclub.com and become a supporting member. There's the marketplace. Go there, post things, buy things, do all that fun stuff, uh, as Doug showcased earlier. Thanks to <laughs> thanks to Danny and Adam behind the scenes helping us out and making the show and everything possible. And yeah, like, subscribe, yada, yada, do all those fun things. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Peace.